Join me right now on Kumite Radio is undefeated prospect Shinju Eau Claire. She'll be fighting at Ryzen 14 on December 31st versus Justina Haba. What's going on, Shinju? Not a whole lot. What's up with you? None much. Just, you know, trying to deal with this cold weather out here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you have to deal with it pretty soon when you fly out here, right? Yeah, 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 I will. It's, it's nice right now in California, but... It'll be crispy when I get out there. Definitely. Um, first thing I want to get into is the whole Ryzen Risen thing. When you meet people mm-hmm. and they say, oh, you fight for Risen, do you have to correct them? Um, I don't because I feel like it's kind of like an asshole move. <laughs> but but I, I, I'll kind of like try to slyly be like, yeah, I'm fighting for Ryzen this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't like straight up be like, uh, no, that's not how you say it. Recently, I think over the summer, I saw some uh, incredible pictures you took, uh, a photo shoot underwater. How did that yeah. all come together? Uh, there's, a, there's a photographer here in San Francisco. She does uh, a lot of cancer patients, and she mm-hmm. thinks that diving is uh, really healing for uh, cancer patients. And she does a lot of underwater photography with um, patients who've had um, breasts removed, body parts removed, and it's very therapeutic, and um, she's also a fight fan, so I was able to work with her, and that was awesome. Nice. Um, let's go back to last year, almost a year now. You injured your elbow a month before the fight. Mm-hmm. How serious was the injury? Did you see a doctor before the fight, and how, you know, how was it going into that fight? Um, yeah, so I dislocated my elbow and I tore my UCL in two locations. I didn't tell anybody. My coaches were the only one that knew. I did see a doctor and I got an MRI. Um, and they didn't medically clear me to fight. So I had to go outside of my insurance plan and see a private doctor and hide um, my MRI reports from them to get a different doctor to clear me. It all came together and like, the week before I flew out and I was getting really nervous that somebody was going to out me. And, um, you know, it it was for sure. It was a rough camp. I couldn't grapple at all. I only had one arm the whole time. Um, I had people telling me, you know, almost damn near every day to not do the fight, but, um, I I had, I don't know. I had to do it. (laughs) Definitely. Well, it worked out for you and you ended up doing a lot of grappling in that fight. I, yeah, I did. <laughs> Our, the, the only game plan we really had was to try to keep it standing and avoid the grappling because of my arm. But um, I don't know. Anything goes in a fight, and uh, it worked out, so it's okay. Yeah, it all worked out, definitely. Uh, you got the surgery in January. What exactly did you get done, and uh, how was the whole process? Um, so originally we were just going to stitch up the places where I tore inside of my arm and then drain... Um, all the fluid that was building up after the dislocation. But because I fought, I ended up tearing it in another location. Um, So it was torn in multiple spots. We ended up having to remove the UCL, and I got a cadaver tendon or cadaver ligament placed in there. So, yeah, I have have somebody else's ligament in my arm, and I have uh, three screws in there, and it's awesome. It's holding up really well. The rehab, was it smooth sailing, or were there any hiccups along the way? Uh, the, the only minor minor hiccups I had was I had a bit of swelling just because I was really eager to get back into training and uh, I did a little bit too much too fast. But uh, once we took care of that swelling and got that drained again, it was it was smooth sailing. You've dealt with injury in the past. Does that help? Did that help you? 
you know, stay patient and calm throughout the, the downtime? I was I was definitely not patient. I definitely wasn't calm. I was I was going stir crazy. It was it was rough because you know, um, I had taken the two fights and I really thought this was gonna be the year where I was gonna you know take maybe fight five times this year was you know my ultimate goal. So this is the timing was really rough because I felt like things were just kind of starting to figure things out and um, I'm fortunate that I was able that Ryzen was patient with me during the the healing process and they're allowing me to fight this year. So that was really the only thing that was kind of keeping me going was them being so kind uh, about the whole thing. Outside the gym, did you do anything else, you know, to keep busy throughout this time? Yeah. So, um, I was doing a lot of rehab. I was going to rehab all the time. There wasn't a lot I can do as far as, um, you know, grappling. I was able to do some striking work. So I was really focusing on strength and conditioning and then, once I finished um, rehab, I started rock climbing a lot, and that really helped with uh, my forearm strength. Um, a lot of the little muscles um, in our hands that you know we don't normally use, um, I started using in rock climbing. So that's that's been a great, a huge part of my rehab. You've made a few trips throughout the year back to Japan. Uh, how was th- those trips, and did it help? Did it make you crazy? Yeah, it was bittersweet because it was like it was so close and it's right there and like I could taste it. It was motivating, but at the same time, I was like, "Damn it, I, I want to be in there." So it was a little bit of both. Um, but you know, I I love being in Japan, and and at the end of the day, like it's uh, it's an amazing country. I, I love being back there. When you got back to throwing punches, when did this happen, and how awkward was it for you? Um, I. I didn't really realize I kind of, I got the motion of throwing the punch back, but um, in sparring I didn't even notice I had somebody somebody else pointed out to me and they're like you probably threw like a total of five right hands in like the past three rounds of sparring and I didn't even notice so I, I there's maybe more of a mental block um, more than anything but um, you know we all we just had to rep that over and over and um yeah we're past that now now you're returning to japan on new year's eve facing justina haba she's relatively unknown and she's making her debut what do you know about your opponent um i probably know as much as you do you probably actually know more than i do um i don't do a lot of film study i don't do my own opponent selection. I kind of stay completely out of that. I don't get, you know, I don't get attached to my opponents at all. Um, I really just kind of show up to fight. Um, I was told that she's a K1 fighter, um, that she has, uh, that she's uh, military, I believe, mm-hmm. Polish military, and has combat experience in the military scene. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Poland there, you know, European kickboxing style is my assumption, but I, I know as much as you do. Well, you know, in your first two fights as a pro, you finished both fights on the mat with arm bars, and a lot of people expected you to strike all the time. Now I think this fight will allow you to do this since she is a K1 fighter or has a background in K1. Um, how do, why do you believe you finished all your fights so far on the ground? I have no idea. It was never a part of the game plan. I I don't game plan. I don't do 
your opponents. So yeah, don't do any of that. I just kind of go out there and um, that's just where it happened. I it was never a plan. I never went in there with you know this huge confidence about my grappling or anything like that. I, I thought if I was to win, it was going to be on my feet as well. So um, you know, but that's the crazy thing and that's the fun thing about fighting is that you really you really don't know and you can even surprise yourself. Do you think anything during training allows you to be so instinctive during your fights? Um, I think I focus so much on my own training. A lot of people get kind of into this mindset where they get very obsessive about their opponent. And they, um, they train so hard to beat that specific opponent. Whereas I'm training with all different body types, all different types of um, sparring partners and grappling partners that I get so many different looks and I'm not focused on beating just one person. Mm. I just like kind of train with whoever I can. And um, yeah, I think, and, and the other thing too is I, is I have a lot of fun with it. I know a lot of people get really serious and get into this like warrior kill zone and the, I would love to be able to get into that because it looks cool and everyone's you know all serious backstage but I just I can't get into that headspace and for me I'm just like kind of super hyper backstage and I'm like, I don't know I feel out of place but <laughs> well you gotta be you you know you can't be someone else right yeah but I want to look cool I want to like look all scary walking down the ramp and stuff but I, I don't know I can't do it oh you want the the crow cough feeling oh yeah I want to I want to look like I don't give a shit about anything like I have no feelings but I don't know. I just I can't help but like walk out with a giant smile on my face. It's um, training camp. You you just mentioned that you know you go in there and get all different looks. A lot of fighters they're very selective, you know, on who they pick to train with. It seems like that has been beneficial for you to be able to go with anybody that comes and allows you to be instinctive, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, like I said, I'm getting all kinds of different looks. Of course, you know, closer. That I get to the fight, like I, I'm a little bit more selective just because of the risk of injury. But um, you know, outside of especially outside of Pantheon, I, I try to go with especially people that I know um, are going to beat me, or the people that I know are going to sub me, or the people that I know have a higher pu punch count than I do. Or um, you, you gotta get make sure you're ready to get really uncomfortable in situations. And I'm so used to going with people that are so above my skill set that I feel when it comes time to the fight, I, I've, I've been beaten in every area in my training that I'm not going to get flustered if I get beaten in a certain area in the fight and like, you know, lose the willpower to keep moving forward because I put myself in so many situations where I am very uncomfortable. Fighting on the same card as you, you know, in the co-main event is Kana Asakura and Ayaka Hamasaki for the anime title. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this fight and maybe a prediction. Ah, man, that's so hard. Those are two of my girls. I love both of them. Um, Ayaka was one of the first rising girls that I um, knew very well outside of Rising, just because I watched her in Invicta for so long, and I've I've always looked up to her, but um. Kana, I think she's she's special. I think she has the best takedown timing in the world, male or female, any size. Um, the way she uses her takedowns is just uh, it's a matter of finesse as opposed to like explosive power, and I, I love that. 
as far as the prediction goes, I, sorry, I, I'll have to give it to Kana. So you kind of see it as a changing of the guard in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think um, she's she's just getting better and better with every single fight. Um, I think the biggest problem um, with Ayaka is that she's going to have, I think, uh, a better response to the takedown as um, as opposed to some of the other opponents that um, Kana has already faced so far. Okay, another hot topic is uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Tension. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's... You know, when you first heard this, did you believe it? No, I didn't believe it. I messaged um, I messaged some of the Rise and stuff. <laughs> like, is this serious? And, uh, yeah, they confirmed it. And I was like, what the heck? And then, you know, what was it, like two or three days later, it fell through, and then it was back on. And I, I'm on the same emotional roller coaster as everybody else. <laughs> How does it feel to be able to be on a card like this, especially Floyd Mayweather Jr., who any MMA fighter would never thought that they would be on a card with Floyd Mayweather? You, you know, it, is it believable right now to you? No, not yet. Um, I, I, I'm still, I'm still not entirely sure if the fight's even gonna go through or not. Um, who even knows at this point? I have faith that, I have faith that it, it's gonna happen and everything's gonna come together. But it seems like a little bit of a dicey, dicey situation right now. Um, yeah, no, I can't believe it. Absolutely not. Justina Haba, you're gonna, you know, clash with her that night. What do you think is going to go down? How do you think it's going to, you know, happen? Do you think it's going to be a stand-up war? Yeah, like I said, I, I don't really go into it game planning. Um, my understanding is that's where she's comfortable. I'm fine. You know, I've been training with one of the best female kickboxers out there for this camp. Um, so I know whatever uh, Justina is going to bring is is not even going to be a fraction of what my training partners have been able to give me. So it's, it's going to be fun either way. All right, December 31st, New Year's Eve, Saitama Super Arena, Ryzen 14. Shinju Eau will make her return. Thank you so much for your time and good luck to you. Thank you so much. It's nice talking to you again.